I'm Danny Valentino, and welcome to Crypto on the Beat, a podcast that explores the relationship between music and cryptocurrency. Every episode, we break down the latest news in the space and are joined by some of the players on the cutting edge of these new trends that are helping to reshape our world. This is Crypto on the Beat. Coming up on this episode of Crypto on the Beat, we're diving into the latest headlines, plus my interview with DJ and producer Alan Walker, the man behind the hit single Faded, who's been making waves in crypto and other digital spaces. For me, it's just important to kind of like show people that anything is possible within this crypto world because it's so much options and opportunities you can make whatever, and like not only music, anything within art. We'll dig a little bit deeper into that during our full conversation coming up in just a bit. But before we do that, Let's talk about what's happening now in the world of crypto. Skateboarding legend Tony Hawk is entering the metaverse. He's partnered with Sandbox to build out the largest virtual skate park ever made, complete with specialized NFTs and avatars created by Tom Brady's crypto platform Autograph. Now, this won't be Tony's first experience with crypto, as he's already launched several NFT collections and has been a pretty avid supporter of Web3 technology. The park will be called Tony Hawk Land, and more details about it will be coming soon. The Notorious B.I.G. is getting his own NFT collection. Crypto platform One Of, a previous guest on this show, has collaborated with Biggie's estate on the project to help commemorate the 25th anniversary of his death. The set features 3D avatars inspired by Biggie's life and lyrics and includes the right for each NFT holder to collectively license the audio of a never-before-heard Biggie Smalls freestyle rap filmed on a Brooklyn street corner when he was just 17. The collection is called The Sky's the Limit, and part of the proceeds from the sale will go to the Christopher Wallace Foundation. And the legendary Playboy Mansion will be opening up a second location, this time in the metaverse, dubbed the Meta Mansion. It'll be a place for games, social mixers, and of course, exclusive parties. Now, the brand has already launched several ventures uh, into Web3 technology, including the creation of their Rabbitars community, with NFT holders from that collection entitled to VIP access and experiences at the Meta Mansion. No word on a grand opening date just yet, but definitely sounds exciting. Very excited to welcome uh, today's special guest to the show. He's a very talented DJ and producer who at 24 is uh, our youngest guest on the show so far. Uh, He's a very successful artist. Uh, His songs have been streamed 50 billion times worldwide. He's got more than 140 million followers on social media, making him uh, quite possibly the biggest artist that you've never heard of. He's always been big into gaming and technology, so seeing him so involved in Web3 and Metaverse and NFT-related projects, not a big surprise. Here to talk about all of this and so much more, it's Alan Walker. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Glad to have you here as well. You've always been a huge tech guy. Legend has it, you you developed your first uh, mobile game at the age of 14. Is that true? Something like that. Uh, I was just learning programming on my computer when I was younger and at the same time as I did graphic design, and uh, sooner or later I wanted to figure out how on earth we make music, so <laughs> that's pretty much how it started. You're a big gamer, you play, uh, your music has soundtracked video games, you were featured as a playable character, I think, uh, in a couple of games, which is cool, and it's actually the gaming community which helped to jumpstart 
your music career is that right yeah that's correct um i released my music uh so, like only on youtube and soundcloud why because i had no idea how to get my music on spotify for example a record label picked it up and asked if they could re- re- release it and that was no corporate sounds that's pretty much what kickstarted my career online and what really made the music known between the gaming community creators and all that and and really pushed out Alan Walker for the world. Just to give people an idea of the timing of that, we're talking mid-2010s, and then it was it was the end of 2015. You put out the song that you know changed everything for you, Faded, and then uh, as you started to build out your brand, you did something fascinating. You created a special universe for your fans, which is it's called the World of Walker, which on the surface, it kind of sounds like a precursor <laughs> to the metaverse. I mean, just, you know, tell us about this world, which I think has uh, over 100,000 members. Yeah, the World of Walker or the Walker like community, as I would refer to them as, is pretty much like a giant family. Uh, it's the most core fans. We And we created a website and we let people connect to the website by hiding codes in the music videos, the trailers that we put out for the music videos. And that's what led to the traction of people that really like were analyzing to the dot like each music video they got access to the website and from then on it just kept building and building and building now today like we have this incredible community of walkers from all around the world and we create projects together we did the song unity for example and got a whole bunch more coming up this is an actual world though i mean there's a story behind it that goes back three thousand years like am i right (laughs) something like that like we've been all over the place with a entire like storyline that's being built throughout the music videos and uh, that's pretty impressive because it also allows us to be very flexible in the storytelling that we're, or like the story that we're trying to build uh, among the music videos and where we could take the next chapter. Who are these people in the Walkerverse? I mean, do you know, or are they all just digital and anonymous? Well, sometimes I would meet people that are walkers, and then like they would probably like talk about like the IDs. People use them on their Instagram, for example. There would be like their name and then hashtag whatever number that the number is because everyone is uh, identified by numbers and for example i'm hashtag zero and then from then on it's just going up and we're about like ninety thousand, a hundred thousand. so it's just still like increasing increasing face height looks doesn't matter hashtag zero that's yes. how you're known <laughs> and that's it so i mean it's it's crazy and watching the world really transition into a web3 and metaverse type world coming from this seems like it's going to be a natural progression for you yeah absolutely and i think uh, also like seeing what we could do but just that community together and like the form of element in web3 or in the metaverse like how could we transition like a such a community into something like that for example yeah, and I want to just take a step back for a minute. Metaverse, we're going to get to that in a bit and some of the stuff you're doing with NFTs. But I just want to know, when did you first get into, say, Bitcoin, for example? And and when did maybe crypto uh, as a whole uh, come on your radar and did somebody turn you on to it? Uh, it was pretty much 2017, I think, that around when Bitcoin really blew up for the first time. And that's when I started getting into it. So I started buying in around 2018, 19. Since then, I've been mainly just mining uh, Ethereum in my garage at home because I just bought like a bunch of graphic cards and just put up a few rigs and and yeah like so that's pretty much how me and my brother just got into it and started working with like crypto it's pretty amazing and, and I don't know if everybody even knows but like 
you don't always have to go to an exchange to buy the currency. You actually can physically mine it, like you're saying, in your garage, and you just buy the GPU cards, and then the transactions actually take place in your garage. Yeah. And then over, I guess, over a couple of days, depending on how many GPUs you have set up, mm. uh, you will get one Ethereum or a second Ethereum. Yeah. And uh, that is essentially the purest way to get the cryptocurrency. Yeah. And you're still doing that uh, to uh, this day? Uh, not too much lately because okay. like the electricity prices has been like crazy in Norway. Yes. <laughs> so, not, not, not just there. Yeah. <laughs> but with regards to crypto, I mean, we've seen Bitcoin, we've seen Ethereum even now lose 70% of its value. Uh, the mainstream is freaking out about this. I mean, the, the death of crypto, it's a crash, it's a scam, it was a Ponzi scheme. I mean, never mind the fact that if you've been in the space for, for more than five minutes, you've seen this happen many times before, right? But yeah. what's fascinating to me is underneath the surface throughout all this, the interest in the space and the things that are being developed right now and the excitement is off the charts. And, you, and you're one of them, despite you know uh, the crypto winter, if you will. Well, for, for me, like uh, being a part of that crypto world for such a long time, like you know, seeing the crypto crash is nothing new. And it's just like thinking long term, being patient about it and just letting it like get uh, like the chance to rebuild itself because at some point, well, historically, like it always happens, like it rebuilds itself and sooner or later, like it will be back to the point where it dropped from. So it's more about, I think, what it means and the community and the possibilities that it represents, I think, than, than the value of, of the token, right? I think that's yeah. the essence. Yeah. And it's so easy to be scared from it, uh, like, for example, crashing. But for me, like, it's just important to just keep your cool and stay calm and trust your investment. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned this earlier, early in June, you put out a song uh, called Unity. And you created this song with your fan base. And they're credited on the song, which is amazing, The Walkers. You just did an NFT drop around it, which which sold out, where fans uh, who take ownership of an NFT will collectively have a say in how money from the streams of the song are invested. I mean, just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so alongside with Corewrite, we released uh, Unity, because we had done this song about three, four years ago with The Walkers. Yeah. But I had never seen like the... Uh, like the day of light on any actual streaming platform so so we we re-released this song uh on spotify and all other like musical uh, like digital platforms instead of like having me or the walkers for example have the chance of earning uh, uh oh well that it, that the money won't be ending up in my pocket i would rather get, have like give the opportunity to whomever that wants to invest let's say max ten dollars as it was on unity uh, to have the chance to have an income from their investment from the streams on that song, so uh, so it's just another way of like monetizing a song, but money doesn't go to the artist; it goes to the fans that that are investing in it. And I think that's pretty cool, and it's such a unique project. And I also have done it with Origins, which was uh, with my initial three tracks: Fade, Force, and Spectre, and. Those songs have been like a huge success on YouTube and other platforms before, before they were taken down and now re-released. And I think it's such a cool way to just give back to the fans in a very unique way. Sure. Origins, you mentioned that's uh, an EP that came out uh, beginning of July, which was a re-release of some of your biggest tracks, as you mentioned. Um, the response from your fans on this has been, you know, I think fantastic. And it's a way for you to maybe, uh, like you're saying, give back to them. But it also, I think it builds that authenticity in that relationship, right? Yeah, 100%. And uh, for me, it's just important to kind of like, 
show people that like anything is possible within this crypto world because uh because it's so much options and opportunities you can make with whatever and like not only music anything within art pictures or whatsoever and i think we made like a very cool thing but like you could buy the shares kind of like a stock and you can make money from it uh, for the next two to five years well on five years on unity i think it was and two years on fade force inspector it's amazing. And we've seen this quite a bit now in, in the industry. Uh, many artists are doing it. Uh, Chainsmokers, Blau, who was a, a previous guest on the show with his company Royal, Diplo, all getting involved where fans can own percentages in the music. I mean, how much of a part of the future of music can a model like this become? And if I'm a traditional record label executive, I mean, should I be worried? Uh, I have no idea if you should be worried because technology will always uh, develop and uh, and bring us to new heights and uh, i think we're just seeing the beginning of whatever the crypto world has in store for for the gaming world for arts and music you think that this is going to become a much bigger part uh, of the music world going forward uh, this this type of model i i think so but, uh, but i also would hope so because it's uh for me it's really cool to do something so different and also give a kind of like a different way of like connecting with the fans and giving them opportunities to take part of projects alongside with the artists or their favorite artists. It's such an exciting time for music because it's just changing right before our very eyes and we don't know where it's going to go five, ten years from now. But, uh, you know, we're still, like you're saying, we're very early in this process, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's impossible to predict as well. Yeah. Something else we should talk about as well is the metaverse, uh, concerts in the metaverse. We're seeing a lot of artists uh, get involved with this through, uh, through Fortnite, through Roblox. I don't believe you've done anything like that just yet. But, uh, I mean, is that something you would consider moving forward here? Yeah, yes. Uh, I've been doing like a, f- a few uh, collaborations with uh, different games uh, previously, but we haven't really done uh, like a collaboration in terms of like doing a concert in a video game. Uh, but but I, really, I think that would be awesome. Like, I think it could be really cool to do something like with either Fortnite. We've been doing some collaborations with PUBG Mobile. And uh, Legion Legends, but, um, but yeah, like if the opportunity comes, I would love to do it. The numbers for that are just staggering. I mean, you play at a festival, it's 100,000 people. You play in a video game, there's millions of people worldwide watching. I, I don't even yeah. know if people realize how significant that is. It's insane. Like, because for example, when Marshmallow did it on Fortnite, it was like the perfect timing for Fortnite. Fortnite was at its peak. And it was such an awesome experience, and so well pulled, well pulled through. And yeah, so it was just like super impressive to see like what Fortnite had really thought of and uh, and pulled it off. And the work that goes in to doing something like that. We had Cascade talking about just doing a 30-minute set in, uh, I think it was in Roblox. I mean, it took him days and days of, of redoing and recutting just for 30 minutes in a video game. Yeah. And uh, I can imagine you, you had a, uh, maybe a similar experience. You were a playable character in a video game. That means you had to have an avatar done of yourself, right? I mean, yeah. just what was that like? They would like have a camera that goes around you, so they get like a full like, 3D scan of you, and you just stand there and completely still, and so they can usually get like the character or or like your kind of like, posture in a way, the, or whatever way they, they can model you. And it's a very interesting way on how like they could easily just like implement you in the game. Were you happy with the way uh, you came out? Yeah, I think I think <laughs> like the skins, the and also the character looked looked alright. So yeah. 
Super exciting. Well, listen, it's, it's a great conversation, and I'm hoping that we uh, were able to have you back uh, maybe later this year or next to you know see to see what you're up to. Uh, you have an album coming out people should look out for. It's called Walkerverse, and uh, you'll be touring uh, later this year as well. Alan Walker, thank you so much for uh, joining us uh, on Crypto on the Beat. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. That was my conversation with dance music star Alan Walker, another artist who has found a way to involve his fans directly in the success of his music, even going so far as to give fans a say in how streaming royalties will be used. At 24, Alan is the youngest guest we've had on the show and certainly seems to have his finger on the pulse of what this next generation looks for in an artist. It all starts with the music, of course, but from there... Whether it's giving fans their own universe to connect in or letting them have a say in the direction of your career, it feels like the possibilities are endless. Very exciting times for both artists and fans as this new technology becomes a bigger part of everyday life. Special thanks to everyone who makes Crypto on the Beat possible. Sarah Bentley, Roger Coletti, Bill Crandall, Jen Derwin, Emily Doherty, Mike Spinella, and Chris Watherspoon. I'm your host, Danny Valentino. Crypto on the Beat is a Sirius XM production. Sirius XM Podcasts.